0: to another episode of Fan POB. Always appreciate everyone that tunes in. We cannot thank you enough. I am your upcoming Week Breakdown host, Jake Skains. Alongside me, the guy that keeps me grounded, Doug Finch. Doug, how are we doing today, my man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Excited to talk some Week 8 football. And how. Today, as we typically do, we are going to give our takes on the Week 8 games, and give you guys and gals our locks of the week, which is currently sitting at 7-1 between the two of us in the last four weeks. It pays a listen, no pun intended. But first, we always like to quickly go over some news items. Uh, First one is, uh, A.B. and Dez both ink deals and what their potential contribution or lack thereof can be for their respective teams. Odell on the sideline, you know, for the rest of the season with Cleveland. Is this a possible addition by subtraction? Doug, let's start with A.B. signing with Tampa. What do you think about that? I mean, the rich just get richer,
1: man. Antonio Brown coming to Tampa Bay uh, really just giving a shot in the arm to an offense that's already super-duper powerful. Um, the rich get richer. that's all I can really say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued to see um, how he's going to fit in with everybody. I know Godwin and uh, Mike Evans have kind of been banged up themselves. Uh, Scotty Mitchell, though, for for Tampa, has been looking pretty good at the slot receiver. He's been making some noise. You know, our guy from Bowling Green, shout out to the Falcons. Uh, I think this is a good fit. I know that Tom obviously, I'm sure, was... The guy in the corner, in his corner, making making this happen. As far as like promoting him, people forget too that Bruce Arians has had a, a stint with him in Pittsburgh when Bruce was the quarterback coach for Ben Roethlisberger. So he's he's dealt with AB before. I think it's a good situation for AB. I hope he um, if he can be even eighty percent of what he was when he was in the league. This is gonna be awesome. Uh, hopefully he he's got himself together mentally and he knows that this is probably his last leg and last chance i'm i'm excited to see to be honest and like you said the, the richest get richer you know this is already the number one ranked offense in dvoa with tampa uh it'll be in, it'll be interesting for sure to see how he fits in and if he can make some noise Dez bryant with the baltimore ravens this seems more uh i won't say desperation i love Dez. you know with his time with dallas you know the man did have 16 touchdowns in one season before i, I I think this was more, who the hell does Baltimore have at wide receiver besides Hollywood Brown? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't think – Can he do – do you think he can do anything?
1: I don't think Dez ever touches the field for them, honestly, man. I mean, this just seemed like, let's see what he has. I mean, if he has something, then, of course, they'll bring him on to see see what exactly all he does have. But I, I don't think he has much left to give. I think the tank is pretty much empty. I think this was more just sign into the practice squad. Let's see what he's got. Even if you remember last year when the Saints signed him, and all the Saints right. players were throwing up the X, it seemed like he like was a good motivational factor in the locker room. So at the at the least, I think he can be somewhat something like that. I mean, after all the injuries, the injury he had last year, all the time off, I just don't think he has much left to give. I don't know if you have a different take there, but I don't I don't think he has much to give to this team.
0: Uh you know the funny thing I was I was going to mention the Saints too ironically, when they signed him, was he he got that hamstring issue not even like two weeks later, and he couldn't play for the rest of the season, so it was like kind of a mood point. You know, the guy hasn't actually seen a a football field since he'd been with Dallas in 2017. You know, like I said, he was awesome then, but, you know, that's three years removed. You know, it's not easy just to get into football shape and just go out there and, uh, you know, run and gun like you were at one point, but, yeah, I I agree. I mean, as far as see what he's got, I, I don't know that I... Don't think that he will see the field. I would not be shocked if he was out there on a Sunday or Monday. But, uh, you know, time will tell. We'll see if he can get back in shape. You know, you watch all of his videos on on YouTube and all that, him practicing and everything. He looks awesome, but, you know, everybody looks awesome against air. But he looks like he's got a little bit of something. But, we'll, we'll, you know, I root for the guy. I, I love him his time is da- in Dallas, you know. Maybe I just, you know, being a little biased, but it'd be exciting to see. For sure, for sure. So, speaking of wide receivers – Odell Beckham out for the season ACL. Now, to me, it looked like that offense was uh, jiving a little bit better without him on the field on Sunday. Now, that could just be coincidental. I don't know if that's a or a situation kind of like everybody said that Matt Stafford kind of opened up his playbook when Calvin Johnson left. You don't feel like obligated to throw to a certain you know all star. Uh, what do you think about this? Like, is this gonna is this gonna hinder or help uh, the Cleveland Browns moving forward?
1: See, I have a hard time wrestling with this one because when I hear people say the offense looked better, I actually don't disagree. But I think what it comes down to is when you have a quarterback that's just not competent, that feels like they have to get the ball to their number one, even in situations when they're not quite open, That I mean, that's what it seems like is happening with Baker to me, you know what I mean? Right. It it seems rough, man. It seems like like he's having a tough time out there. I know they look pretty good like as a team, as a whole the way they can run the ball and rush the the passer. But I think it's all just masking what the incompetency that is Baker Mayfield. Now, one thing that we do need to throw out there, I I don't know what this does for them long term. I don't think it really affects them just because they are a run-dominant team. I think they still have some nice weapons in the passing game. They probably can get by without him. But I don't know if you saw it the other night. I saw there's a rumor going around that, They're trying to trade for Adam Thielen.
0: Interesting. I did not hear. I did not see that at all. Actually, that's uh, that's interesting. It
1: just just came across my screen last night. They're thinking about trying to trade for Adam Thielen, just somebody to come in and replace what Odell did. You know, he has the he has the history with um, Stefanski. So,
0: right, right, right. That would make sense. Plus, you know, Minnesota's in a situation they're in a lot of cap trouble come next season so it's, it looks like they're just so gonna do it for them for sure yeah for sure that's a garage sale there you know they already got rid of uh uh yana getting in already i mean he was on the team for what not even half the season they already got the area shipped him out exactly uh yeah i didn't see that. that'd be that'd be interesting you know and like you said about the receivers you know obviously they still have jarvis i know he's a slot guy but higgins looks like he's been serviceable and uh my boy uh donovan people's jones is doing his thing out there you know personally i know it might be a little biased but I always loved him in his talent at Michigan. I always felt bad that he had a bum and Shea Patterson throwing it to him. But, you know, six round pick, I think he's going to be serviceable himself. You know, he had that game winning touchdown in the, in the end zone last week. Uh,
1: I mean, he's doing some out there. I want to say he's doing his thing. No, I'm playing with you. Well, you know. I'm messing
0: yeah, with you. Yeah, I was just, yeah, right, right, right. I hear you. You had to get that Buckeye bias in there.
1: <laughs> um,
0: yeah, it'll be interesting to see you moving forward. I mean, truth be told, it is it's mostly on Baker, like you said. And that division is, uh, quite the rough one i you know honestly between you know baltimore and uh in pittsburgh themselves that uh we'll see how that all that all transpires but you got anything else you got to you want to touch on any other news items that i might have missed as far as news i think we hit everything we need to hit man yeah i feel you i was hoping so because i want to get into these games for the week we are killing it lately my friend seven and one on our locks in the last four weeks feels good i mean yeah heck yeah it does um so, yeah, let's jump, let's dive right in. So, we got tonight actually, um, the Thursday night game. A little better, not quite, but you know, compared to what? Yeah, at the least it's, 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 it's serviceable. And it has some intrigue to it for sure. So, for sure. We got we have Atlanta going to Carolina. Carolina is a one and a half point favorite at home. Where are you taking in this one, buddy boy?
1: Man. One and a half is it's, it's such a t- tough number, and this is such a tough game to decide. And I know we constantly come on here and hate on the Falcons, and it started with love, turned to hate, just because of how bad this team has been and how much they've underperformed. But I still don't quite think Carolina's a great football team. I know they sit at three and four, but they really have yet to beat anyone of significance. You know what I mean? They haven't beat anyone that good. We, we saw them step up and – what seemed like their spot to shine against the Bears a couple of weeks ago and I went with my best bet on the Bears and that cash. I don't think they're that good of a team. With that being said, I'll probably stay away from this game more than likely. Actually who am I kidding? I'm sure I'll find a side, but for right now right. I just I, we- I just haven't found the side yet. Here's the thing Carolina is not good enough to where they should be laying points. Like they're just not that good of a team to where they should be laying points. I get it they're at home, but I, I Something that I heard the other day is before Monday night, the team laying points in the standalone primetime the game was 0-8 when it came to covering. So, I mean... I don't, Interesting. So, I, the Rams broke that curse against the Bears. Bears. Yeah, the Bears. But... The, I mean, do the Panthers have a denim? I don't know. It just depends on what Falcons team shows up. Cause I feel like when both these teams play at their elite level, I don't think that the Panthers can outscore the Falcons, but that's the problem with the Falcons. Are they, are they really, do they really just, play up to that level anymore? Are they that team anymore? I don't think so.
0: I don't either. I think honestly, it's not even so much a talent thing or anything like that. I mean, let's be, let's be candid about it. You know, they're, they're one in six. They just seem like they have no win in their sails. They just, after that, I don't even know how to explain that with Todd Gurley last week against Detroit and how they, you know, even if Todd Gurley does score too, it's like your defense step up, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like they put you in a position, like whenever you ever, you know, it just seems so odd that, you know, people are mad this guy scored a touchdown. You know what I mean? I get it. You want to run right. the clock out. You could have kicked the easy field goal, but it's like, well now, you know, defense, bro, you you got the whole entire field to defend, you know, and you just let Stafford just march right down there and do his thing. Like, just seems like their sense of pride is almost not even there. Like, it's such a it's, it's a gambling aspect. I, it's so hard to judge a team, like, you know, with their morale like they have. You know what I mean? Like, that's I just what don't know I, that's all I was going
1: to say is this game's hard to bet because you don't want to bet Atlanta and then realize, oh, man, they really have packed it in.
0: Yeah, Lord knows we've done that a couple of times this yeah, year, taking sure, Atlanta. And it's, sure. it's, it's it's certainly burnt us. But, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, I agree with you with Carolina. I am, um, you know, they are number 10 in offensive DVOA, though. I will give them that. Uh, Atlanta, man, they, they're just at the bottom of uh, all of it, though. They're 23 in, in offense, 27 in defense. I mean, granted, Carolina's 23 in defense. But, you know, the fact that they're number 10, I mean, I just think these are two teams going in two opposite directions as far as like, you know, the, the the uprising you know arrow pointing up compared to the dismal what the hell is going to happen at the end of the season arrow pointing down everybody's kind of worried about their jobs you know there's so many rumors about matt ryan getting out of there because he's got that fat contract same with julio i mean it just seems like they're just done they just they're they're already looking for vacation spots you know after week 17 they're already booking their trips right, right now but for sure. I go Carolina. I agree, but I mean honestly, I'll probably The one thing United. that
1: hinges on this game most is if Carolina wins this game, I think they try to make a push towards the playoffs. If they lose this game, they're probably sellers at the deadline. If they fall to three and five after they lose to Atlanta, I'm I'm guessing we'll see Carolina become a seller. But if they win and they and they go to four and four, they're gonna really try to make a push for
0: the playoffs. Yeah, I don't see why not. that's, what, know, that's what this game really comes down to. It just It's just unfortunate for them. You know, they play with the Saints and the, and the Bucks in their division too. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Carolina just simply if we're picking to pick. Um, you know, you and I always joke on the podcast like, oh, we're staying away from this game. And then Thursday night you and I are texting each other like, all right, I like this side. I like yeah. that side. And it's it's hard to stay away from the standalone games for sure. Seriously. So moving on, we're going to Sunday, the first game. Up on the list, we have Indianapolis going to Detroit. Detroit off that said win against Atlanta last week, coming back at the very end. Detroit's at home, and they're a home dog. They're getting three points, so Indianapolis is favored by three. What you got here, bud? Uh, I love
1: this bet here, man. Indy favored by three. Give me the Lions all day. The Colts... I still feel like the public perception on the Colts is a little skewed by how hot they started the year. Everybody loved that defense, and they started playing some real competition. And it just – we realized it's good, but it's not great. I mean, it's still number five in defensive efficiency, according to Football Outsiders. number four against the pass, number five against the rush. So, I mean, it is still a really good defense, but they're more of a conservative defense. But I don't know if you've been watching this Lions team – since Kenny Galladay's back, been back, Matt Stafford has been killing it. He's like the most efficient passer in the league since Kenny Galladay's been back. I, I like what the Lions are doing. I actually think the Lions may turn this thing around and really start putting some wins together. And I think it starts this week as three-point dogs to the Colts.
0: Yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, I want to say, what was it, two or three weeks ago when I had I had the same conversation with you when we had our $20 bet about Indy and their defense with Cleveland when they played a couple of weeks ago. Right. I agree. Like at that point, they, you know, yes, their numbers do look good, but really who have they played? You know, you said all that about their defense, you know, their offense is 22nd in the league right now, ranked as far as DVOA goes. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it just seems like, and we've always said it's about Stafford, like he's, he's a good South quarterback. I would sign up right now to have him on the Cowboys today. No, hands down. Let's go. I mean, even with, even with Dak healthy, you know what I mean? Right. yeah, and uh, Galladay being back, he definitely opens up a lot more for the passing game. You know, Marvin Jones is awesome in his own right, but you know, he's he's definitely a Robin to a Batman. He needs a Batman out there to be efficient. Yeah, they've been a fun team to watch lately. I agree with you. Uh, three points at home. I'm telling you, man, Detroit's a dangerous team in at Ford Field. Uh, I'm yeah, I'll go with you on that one. I, I'm not mad about that one one bit about uh, taking Detroit with the points, especially at home. Next game. Staying in the NFC North, we have Minnesota going to Green Bay. Green Bay is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I like that hook just below the seven even, so this might be a good teaser opportunity. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, the tease is definitely in play here. I like that a lot. Um, If I had to pick a side, I'm probably taking Minnesota, and here's why. So Green Green Bay played Minnesota week one, I think it was.
0: Yeah, it are opening opening game. And
1: they – and, I mean, Green Bay looked amazing. Probably the best they've looked all year, right? They came out hot. They put that defense on their heels. And they – what public perception is is that they killed them. But – in all actuality, they only won by five, and it seemed to me like they put together a perfect game plan. Minnesota's been playing better since then. Their defense is kind of looking up. I told you it was only a matter of time before Zimmer at least got the defense looking serviceable. They're number 15 in the league in defensive efficiency, according to Football Outsiders. I mean, they're serviceable, you know what I mean? They're not the worst team in the world. They're not They're not a great team by any means, but they're, they're serviceable. I think that they at least keep this game within the touchdown of Green Bay. But, yeah, the teaser, this is my first leg. This is the first leg of my teaser, at least, for the week. I think Green Bay should win the game. I just don't see them – I don't think you're getting good enough value when you have to cover by a touchdown.
0: Damn, I was kind of hoping you were going to go with Green Bay and then we'd have a little uh, controversy on this (laughs) one. But, man, yeah, I I agree. I I like Minnesota with the points, too, especially coming off a bye. Like, they need to make a move right now. They need to do something. If they have any pride in themselves – and like you said, I I like Mike Zimmer as a coach. I think he's got these guys – and you know their at least their attention as far as you know trying to perform and not just laying down like we were talking about with the Falcons. Right. You know, they they want they want to go out there and and get a win or two. You know, especially like you said, Green Bay beating them week one like they did. Uh yeah. I mean, like I said, especially, mostly I think a lot of it's just them coming off a bye. You know what I mean. And it's not like they're not used to playing in, in Lambeau Field. So it's not like I I don't think a huge home advantage, especially with nobody there. Uh yeah. I'll take the points with Minnesota on this one too. All right, Doug. We got to find something. We're already we're already on the same page on all of them. So Ooh, I'm sure AFC. we'll find something. Don't worry. Oh, no doubt. AFC East matchup. New England. After, oh, dude, what a last couple of weeks for them, huh? They're going to Buffalo. Buffalo now is a three and a half point favor, so they have the hook playing New England. I mean, to me, I lightweight like, like New England with the three and a half. I just, you know, Cam came out and talked. He's Cam said all the right things, you know, when he was getting ripped on on the media and he he basically said, you know, you're not wrong. I mean, I need to perform better. Like he wasn't getting all poo-poo and pouty like he normally has in in the past, you know what I mean? I dude, I just think something with belichick and maybe if you know Cam has a little pride in himself, you know, to he just got benched by J- for Jared stidham bro. Like I think he comes out and just balls out in this game. Now Buffalo's is no joke, don't get me wrong, but I think if they're gonna make a statement, it'll be right here personally
1: yeah i have such a tough time with this one because the numbers just say that new england's a bad team 25th in defensive efficiency 26 in offensive efficiency according to pro football outsiders like this is not a good team right now and cam can say all the right things that he wants but can he do it can he actually get out there and perform and to be honest with you this Buffalo defense hasn't been exactly the most styled defense in the league, but I just don't think that New England can score with them. I mean, look at their offense. They don't have a playmaker anywhere except for Cam Newton. They have nobody to help him. It's the same exact thing we said last year with Brady, except for now Cam Newton is the quarterback. They're slow. He's got the- They're old. Uh and Keel Harry looks like he's inevitably going to be a bust. I mean, he can't create separation. He doesn't high point the ball well. Like he doesn't do any So there's multiple types of receivers in the league and he seems like a bigger body, not the quickest receiver, but he doesn't do anything that the bigger body receivers do well either. So like he just seems like a bust to me. I mean, this team, I I like Buffalo minus the three and I think they cover. Maybe here's where our disagreement lies, but. I know all the narratives. You don't bet against Bill. I know it all. He's seen this Buffalo team many times over the years, but this isn't the same Buffalo team that he's used to playing. I think Buffalo covers here. All
0: right. Well, I got three and a half. So if we're going to make this one of our, our bets of the week, we're going to. Yeah, gonna yeah. Give that what hug. I say? Three? I meant three and a half. All right, cool. I was just saying, you uh, better not we, be cheap. We, make, we can look them.
1: back on it and after we go through these and figure out which one we have the biggest disagreement on, but that's definitely one that we can consider for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I was gonna say let's let's continue to look yeah, for. So other by guys no means this, am I ready to die right. on on my shield here with Buffalo. All right, so next game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this one because this is my lock of the week. I got the Tennessee Titans going to Cincinnati. Tennessee is a five and a half point favor. Cincinnati's get is the underdog at home. I mean, personally, I don't care. I'm taking Tennessee with the minus five and a half. This is my lock of the week. I just think that after last week and that loss to Pittsburgh, I mean, they lightweight had, you know, missed a field goal at the end of the game. They're pissed off, man. I just, generally speaking, I, I think they're ready to come out and roll. You know, they're third in offensive DVOA, you know, their defense is, is middle of the pack at 17, but on the opposite spectrum of it, though, Cincinnati is 28 in offense and 26 on defense. I think Tennessee is ready to come out and make a statement. They're pissed off about their loss last week. Five and a, five and a half is a really funky number to me. Like it's just, it's one of those numbers. Like you just see, like it's not quite. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. I guess, but this is also going to be one of my teaser plays. You tease it, tease it down to a, a plus, you know, point and a half, basically, just to win the game for everybody out there. Right. Real quick, too. I, I, somebody mentioned this to us. Uh, when we say teasers, I don't know if we went over this. We're we're using six points. So for this example, if Tennessee's minus five and a half you tease it, you get six points. So, you know, essentially that's where it goes to uh, 0.05. But a better example would be like, I don't know, let's say a team is favored by 10. Well, you take, you know, you you make it now six points there. You get them now to favor to four. Mm -hmm. Just a roundabout number for everybody.
1: You get six points in each game and you get the odds of pretty much one straight up
0: game. And both games have to hit. You can't yeah, just have one or the other. Sure. They both have to hit. So, real quick, I just want to explain because, like I said, I had a a person or two that say like, "Yeah, we don't know what that is," but you know, we don't fault you because you're not degenerate gamblers like us. But uh, yeah, Tennessee's my lock of this week, bro. Five and a half, run it. I'm kind of upset
1: with you taking the reins there because I like them as my lock of the week as well. I'll let you have ah. it because I have another one that I love there's two Fair there's enough. two games on this week's slate that I love and Tennessee was one of them I really liked it at that opening number at three and a half I mean it's obvious why I got bet up to five and a half because yeah, that, that just that, was right. not right I don't know what the Cincinnati love is I get Joe Burrow is great and I love Joe Burrow like he's been playing so well but Tennessee's gonna roll this team especially after getting embarrassed on national TV last week I mean i didn't get embarrassed but let's be real the the score of that game was not what that game actually was. Pittsburgh handled them pretty easy.
0: Yeah, the thing is, too, is, you know, Ben Roethlisberger had three interceptions in that game. You know what I mean? Like, I just, you know, it's disappointing that, you know, Gauskowski, their kicker, Tennessee's kicker, he is just a shell of himself, what he used to be in New England, man. He is missing them left and right, I feel like, this year. Like, he's at, like, 65% uh, field goal kicker. That's not going to keep your job around too much longer. But, right. you know, hopefully in this situation, that won't come down to it. Yeah. Uh, I agree though that Cincinnati, I mean, I love Burrow too. He's he, I'm excited if I'm a Bengals fan for the future for sure. But uh, you know, this is this is a game that you you beat the hell out of the little brother because you know, you're pissed off at the world right now. So yep. Uh next one o'clock game, Las Vegas Raiders are heading out to Cleveland. The mistake by the lake, not so much anymore. Cleveland is a two and a half point favor. It opened at three and a half, so that means that people are on the Raiders. Uh, I like the two and a half, man. Uh, I don't like the the West. I don't know if you consider Vegas West Coast. I mean, it's West Coast enough. Going out to the East Coast at the one o'clock games, they always keep saying that's the 10 a.m. body time for them. You know, the Raiders off that dismal loss to, uh, I mean, they got smacked around by Tampa Bay last week, whether that was because, you know, arguably Tampa is looking like one of the better teams in the league. Well, you know, top three best teams in the league right now. Or if you know if if Las Vegas is regressing from from where they were earlier this year, you know, especially being the Chiefs and everything, I just don't believe in myself, my friend. What do you uh, what do you think about this one?
1: I think this is a game between two teams whose records indicate that they're better teams than what they are. Cleveland is not a five and two team, and I like Cleveland. I support Cleveland. They're more of a five hundred team, maybe nine and seven. Las Vegas is also not a 500 team. This is a bad football team. 31st in in DVOA defensive efficiency from football outsiders, 24th on offense, 23rd on offense. Now, Cleveland isn't much better, 22nd on offense, 24th on defense. But Cleveland's numbers are a little skewed because modern day analytics don't really take into consideration the run, which I kind of agree with. But I do think that rushing the football Cleveland is going to be able to do with everything, any, whatever they want against this terrible Las Vegas defense, like maybe the worst linebacking core in the league outside of maybe Cleveland. So right. I, I think that Kareem Hunt is going to have a field day. I think they cover the two and a half just barely, but I do like Cleveland minus the two and a half.
0: Yeah, they're number 22 and 23 in overall uh, team efficiency on uh, DVOA. So it'll be – at least it'll be a uh... – It'll be fun. Uh, oh, for sure. even and even yeah and even matchup no doubt right. um yeah i just man something about gruden dude he just i don't know he needs to get back in the booth i feel like do some monday night football again but man what's crazy I'm is serious.
1: gruden's not even as much as i i'm conflicted on gruden and i'm not a big fan of him he's actually not been coaching bad like very badly poorly however you want to word that. Uh they just have no pieces on this team. Like, the offense is young, don't get me wrong. They have decent playmakers on the outside, but the defense is terrible. The offensive line is not that good. Derek Carr is just eh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Gruden has Derek Carr playing as the best version of himself, and it still is only
0: good enough to get to three and three. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I agree with that. He's getting the best out of Derek. Uh, getting them out of car and it, but and it just sucks for them because say
1: they go eight and eight they're stuck with car again for another year and we know what cars what cars
0: upper bound ceiling is it's just this eight and eight ten and
1: six whatever you want to call it
0: oh well, here's my thing though Gruden's been there now what four seasons like at some point you know you, these are your guys that you're drafting you know coming in the last four seasons you're not making you know you're, you're making the decisions on free agents and stuff like that too you know obviously you have a say in it right Like at some point, like, you know, this is, this is your regime now. Like I give you the pass for the year, you know, the first year or two or whatever, but now it's getting to the point, you know, I always say the same thing about like Harbaugh and Michigan, like, like start doing something. These are your cats. You know what I'm saying? Like, And
1: that's the problem he is like they're three and three, you know what I mean? They're 500. You can't ask for much more out of this team. So I just feel like, I don't know. I'm in a weird cycle with Gruden right now. I don't like Gruden. I don't think he should have came back. But at the same time, I feel like he's getting the most out of a pretty bad roster. That's his problem, though. Him and Mayock need to beat this roster up and give him something to work with, see what can happen. Yeah, do something.
0: Yeah, seriously, do something. I always said he was a prodigy of taking over uh, a Tony Dungy uh, Tampa Bay team, and, you know, he looked like, you know, you and I could have coached that defense and, look, you know, won a Super Bowl. Right, for sure. You know hell it, But that's just me. I was never a huge fan of the guy, but I digress. We'll move on. <laughs> The closest game on the docket next. We don't even need to touch on this one that much. Down to the wire in this one. The New New York Jets are going to Kansas City. Kansas City is a 19, yes, people, I I did not speak incorrectly, 19-and-a-half point favor against the Jets. This is like a college spread right here. Good Lord. This is embarrassing. I mean, I, I'm not touching this game one way or the other, dude. I mean, do we obviously Kansas City is going to blow them out of the water. I mean, this game is want-
1: from a betting perspective. This is clearly dog or pass. Oh yeah, you have for to. Sure. You have I mean, if you're going to bet this game, you either have to play the Jets or you don't bet it at all from a betting perspective. There's no way you can lay 19 and a half with Kansas City, even know how I mean, good they are. There's it's still a professional football team on the other side of them, and I'm not even saying that they don't cover. It's just right. There's no way I'm starting off 19 and a half in the hole and thinking that's
0: okay. Yeah, seriously, just without trying not to cheat and look real quick. I know you're on the same screen. I am. If you had to guess what the money line is for you to take the jets. So people real quick, the money line is you bet a team to win straight up. So for example, you're, getting, you're giving up the points. You don't need the 19 and a half. So you're saying, I think the Jets are going to win. Now, the number as far as the money line payout is based on how big the spread is compared to what your payout is. So like a two and a half point spread, three point spread, you know, you might get an extra, you know, 210, 250 bucks uh, to your $100. But if, at 19 and a half, I mean, this is one of the bigger money lines I've ever seen. If I seen. had to
1: guess the money line, I'm guessing like 1550, 1600.
0: Uh, not two. That's a. It's twelve hundred. It's Still the twelve hundred dollars. So you put a hundred dollars down to the Jets to win, you'd win twelve hundred dollars. I $1, Still don't feel like that that's my enough, f- man. Seriously, I mean, I mean, you're that just that my giving friends... money away
1: to the bookie at that point. Anybody who wants to take the Jets on the money line, just email me, send me your money, and I mean, I'll do the same thing with it at the bookie does. Just never give
0: it back. Yeah. Right. Seriously. I mean, yeah, we don't need. We can just move on. This. This is <laughs> right. that is just that, embarrassing. That is embarrassing, man. This is an intriguing game coming up next, actually. This is I my feel lock like. we the Louise probably... here, buddy. It... Oh, boy. You should have seen that okay. one coming. I... Yeah. Oh, you're going that route. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll let you take over then. Well, real quick, the game we're talking about is the L.A. Rams are, are heading down to South Beach to play two a time, and the Rams are three and a half point favors in Miami. Have at it, bud. I love the Rams at minus three and a half. Here's why. Shocking.
1: I like Tua. I like Tua. I like the prospect of Tua, right? And but at the end of the day, we have yet to see this kid play. He could come out and shock us, and we could lose this bet because he looks amazing. And I, I fully know that. But he also could come out and look like many of the other rookie quarterbacks we've seen in, week, in game one. What's the rule? You always bet against the rookie quarterback in their first game, like no matter what the spread is. You always bet against it. It's a learning curve. The game's faster bigger bodies coming at him. Like there's always adversity. Your first start. I, there's no doubt in my mind. The Rams are going to try to draw up all types of blitzes, confuse him. I love the Rams minus three and a half. Uh, I mean, what more does this Rams team have to do to prove that they're legit? I know a lot of people still just don't want to consider them legit, but I mean, they're five and two. They came off a big one last week, a, a game where everybody, including the sharps and the public were on the bears and they covered easily in that game. You think that the Dolphins are the, are better than the Bears? Because I know I don't.
0: Uh, With nah, a rookie that's a quarterback, no way. No, nah, yeah, that's a valid point. When you put it, when you put in that aspect, that is what I say about the Rams. And you know, I love the Buster Buster chops about them. They're five wins. You're right. Four of them are against all NFC East teams. They're all you know dog dog poo poo. And then the win against Chicago. No, I get that. Uh, no, I, okay, but before you even go any further, I, I'm gonna
1: I just want to get this out of my chest. I get that. One hundred percent. But everybody that hates on me for loving the Rams sent me the exact same screenshot that you sent me last week about how bad he is against the Bears. And then Goff goes out there and proves that okay, that's just a number and it means nothing. He plays well. And then he comes he covers the spread easily he comes back the next week, and for some reason he's not a bigger favorite against Miami. It's a lesser team than
0: Chicago. I just I don't get it. I get he's on the road, but man. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably more of the road thing. And dude, I don't hate on you hating on the Rams. I hate on you for love and golf, but I like a lot of I like a lot of things about the Rams. Just, just not Jared. But here's what I'll say about this. Uh that to a to a time is a huge X factor. So A, Miami's coming off a bye. Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, they sat there and watched that game on Monday night, you know, schemed up everything. You know, they, they're going in off, uh, you know, they know what the hell's coming at them. You know, they know Aaron Donald's, you know, right up that alley. Coming off a bye, Rams played on Monday night. The, the biggest factor to me is to, uh there's no tape on them. I mean, obviously you can go back and watch him in Alabama, but that's not really going to do you anything as far as NFL. Like, you know, like you just need – this is this is such a the, Miami has a situation just to be a wild card right now. They can just throw whatever they want at the Rams right here. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. If the Rams come out there and just blow doors off of them, would it surprise me? No. But also, it wouldn't surprise me if it went the other way around. I actually like the points, the three and a half with Miami, especially down there in that humidity and everything. Rams coming off a Monday night game compared to a team that was off a bye. I like Miami. Uh, this is a definitely potential one of our. Uh, our little $20 bets, but we still got a decent amount of games to go, so. Uh,
1: I got a quick question for you. All right. If Fitzpatrick starts his game, what do you think the spread is? Uh Honestly? By four? Or three and a half, four? Same thing? Yeah, I don't think it moves, to be honest. So, here's here's my theory here. Okay. Baked into the number when you play Fitzpatrick is his variance. We all know that he can come out and look like the best quarterback in the league. and come out and look like the worst quarterback in the league. Isn't that the same thing we're dealing with here with Tua? If he comes out and looks like the best quarterback in the league, that's just Ryan Fitzpatrick on a great day. right? But If he comes out here and looks like dog poo-poo, I mean, that's Ryan Fitzpatrick on a rough day. I feel like the variance is built into this number in a kid that's working, playing his first ever NFL game. And I'm not saying he can't come and show out, but, I mean, these are the big boys. We're talking about Aaron Donald. We're talking about Jalen Ramsey. We're talking about a uh, Rams defense that has looked really, really good. Not to mention... This is another game where if Miami loses this, they're probably sellers. If they win this, they are probably make a push for the playoffs. But there's already rumblings that they're talking about trying to trade and Howard. I mean, this is a team that doesn't seem like they're quite yet ready to win. There's a reason they switched off of Fitzpatrick at 3-3. Three and is because they don't want to win. Let's be real. They're still a year or two away from being like real, real contenders. There's a reason they switched to 2 well when they were 3-3. Three and It's because they're not quite ready to win.
0: Well, I'll say this about, I'll say this about that. For one, you're right. They're both wild cards. They're like Charlie from always sunny in Philadelphia. Like I always tell you wild card, you know, bleepity bleep. Uh, but the thing about, so when you say variance, back to the point though, like Fitzpatrick has, you know, what 12, 13 seasons worth of tape on him where Tua has none at all. So when you say wild card, yes, Fitzpatrick is the wild card of the league for sure. But In a totally different light, this is a different style wild card because you don't know what two is going to come out. You don't know what Flores is going to scheme up for them, or you know what as far as play calls and what they're going to do. It's a lot of. I mean, there's more variance in two, I feel like, than than Fitzpatrick. And we talked about it last week. I sincerely think they just moved uh, to two or simply because it was off the buy. I don't think that they're necessarily trying to tank, but at the same time, like you, you you know, your first overall pick. Number five, you know, excuse me, first round pick, number five overall. Anytime he's not playing, it's wasted reps. So you need to get him out there. I think there's more a product of them just getting him experience right now. You know what I mean? And I agree. I don't think that they think they're going to do a whole lot. Of, you know, they're not going to make any noise. But you have to see what you have in Tua, I suppose. You know, especially when you see Herbert, who's taken right after Tua over there balling in uh, you know, charger land. I just, you know... I like the wild card variance of it. You know what I mean? With no tape and them coming off a buy. So like I said, this is, this is potential, potential $20 holler bet, but, uh, For sure. last one o'clock game. This is my favorite game of the week. I'm mean, not, not as well, far I as, can't uh, wait to watch yeah, this. not as a lock or anything like just generally watching. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers, the only, the last undefeated team left in the league going to Baltimore, who is off a buy. Keep in mind, Baltimore is a minus four favorite at home. But it opened at six and a half. So people have been betting on Pittsburgh to make it down to minus four right now. I mean, personally, I like the minus. I like plus four with Pittsburgh. Um, I'm not going to touch this with a 10-foot pole, but if I'm picking a side, I like that. I just don't think, you know, I think that's a lot of Baltimore coming off a buy. I think, is the biggest issue in this. You know, like the fans and everything, obviously, is not a huge factor to me in Baltimore. Uh, Yeah, I just, man, I don't. I thought this number was gonna be a lot closer to be honest, but when I when I seen that this was a game before I even looked at the numbers. What do you think about this?
1: So we can clearly see that the line is moving in Pittsburgh's favor, right? So I would wait as long as I could to bet this, but I think I'm on the other side. I think I slightly lean towards the Ravens simply because they're coming off a bye, and this seems like a perfect letdown spot for the Steelers. You can only get up for big games so many weeks in a row. They just had a big one where they faced the undefeated Titans last week in a game where they were what, the slight favorite, right? Or no, they were the slight underdog, weren't they?
0: Pittsburgh. Uh yeah, they, yeah, were, yeah, they yeah, were the yeah, underdog. Yeah. It was like a one point it was like a one one Yeah, the yeah so it, it was, was one point you're pick right.
1: them. Yeah, 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 it was one it was they were the one point dog in that game. They come out, they should. they shot the betting lines. Not that they pay attention to that, but they win a big game against another t- undefeated team. Then they have to turn right around, go to Baltimore where they're going to have fans this week. They're going to have 10% of fans, so around 80, 8, around 8,500 fans, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I guarantee you that's the loudest 8,500 fans you're ever going to hear for a game like this. Like, I like Baltimore. If you can get this number, just wait and wait and wait and maybe get it to minus three, minus three and a half, somewhere around there, I'll take the Ravens. I don't love this pick, but I do think coming off a bye, Harbaugh scheme, something up. Yeah. And I, there's just too, there's there's so many things that they can scheme up on
0: offense coming off of a bye to confuse Pittsburgh. I think they probably get it done. I mean, again, I'm not agreeing or disagree. I mean, okay. I'll say I mean one more time. I mean, I don't disagree with your theory either. I like I said, I'm not touching this one.
1: Yeah, this is a tough one. This is one we'll just probably sit back and watch. For sure.
0: You got the number two and number three total efficiency uh ranked efficient team. According to DVOA, with Baltimore or Pittsburgh, so basically you got two of the two of the top three teams playing against each other in this one. Uh, right, man. If anything, Baltimore needs to come out and win this one, though. You know, especially yeah, they
1: need this one bad. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, uh, may, and maybe just maybe Pittsburgh might have been looking ahead towards uh, Baltimore last week when they're playing Tennessee, because we're frank, frankly. I just don't – Ben's not throwing three interceptions typically without, you know, doing anything else much with it. I just – you know, he was before that. He had the highest percentage uh, completion he's ever had in his career prior to last game, Uh, Big Ben did. He's he's been taking care of the ball. So the fact that he had three interceptions is kind of like – it kind of shocked me, to be honest. Maybe Can I I get
1: you to agree on this one? I'm listening. Can we both agree that that 46-and-a-half seems like an easy overplay? I get this is a great Pittsburgh defense, and I get this is a pretty good Baltimore defense. But we're talking about Baltimore coming off a bye. Schemed up a couple things to try to beat that Pittsburgh defense. I'm guaranteeing they score on their first drive. They're gonna have <clears throat> they're gonna have some scripted plays that's gonna get them some points on their first two drives, I'm guessing. Uh Pittsburgh pretty powerful on offense. I think that they should hit the 46 and a half over. I guess the division game, but this is a
0: different NFL, man. This yeah. is just a different NFL right now. It started at 49, so obviously a lot of people have been going on the under aspect. Of I that. know. I
1: feel like you just bet down a little too much, man. 46 and a half seems low for today's NFL.
0: Yeah, typically speaking to the folks out there with the over-under, we've explained that before, but uh, when I look at like a number like 46 and a half, we'll just say 46, I always split it in half, so basically 23 to 23. Can I see this game getting to 23 to 23? Obviously, I know you can't end it or where you can, but you know, we're just using those roundabout numbers. I could see that for sure. Um, right same kind of seems like honestly if you if i had to guess kind of like last week's game against tennessee i could see this being like a 27 24 game i don't think they blow the 46 out of the water but they'll definitely get to it anything else in that game the best game of the week or are we ready to uh, hit the four o'clockers uh, I, think, I, think we're, I
1: think we covered that one pretty well man I, I can't wait to watch that one for sure
0: absolutely so four o'clock game which i just checked our uh, local tv guide why this game is on is the four o'clock game in our local area is beyond me. But New Orleans is going to Chicago. New Orleans is a four and a half point favor on the road going to the Windy City. Chicago off that loss, like you mentioned, that shellacking on Monday night football. New Orleans, uh, were they off a of bye? They're off a of bye, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Run run, New Orleans all day on this one, I feel like. What do you say? So, or no, they're not
1: off a of buy. They they beat Carolina last week, didn't they?
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm beat, sorry. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, they were off the bye the week before. Yeah, that's right. Did. Yeah, twenty-seven, yeah, twenty-four. Yeah, twenty-seven, twenty-four against Carolina. You're right. <clears throat> so
1: before we get into this game, can we get on a little side topic? What's going on with Michael Thomas, man?
0: Dude, I think he just. There's a lot of rumors about him being traded too. I think. Traded. He, yeah, he, I've heard he, the same thing. He 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 peeped off some people, I think, in that locker room and that coaching staff. I don't know players too, but dude, he just seems like he is. He got it's just that. one
1: thing after another. I mean, yeah, we're seriously,
0: week,
1: we're in week seven or week eight, and we have seen the guy play a total of two quarters this year.
0: Yeah, and that's so just it. Think about after it after he got a huge contract. Think about how many people have wasted their first round pick in fantasy football on this cat, too. You know, like, what, what do you the, mean,
1: how many people in multiple leagues, aka your friend over here?
0: Oh, Ooh. oh yeah. Ooh. I have him in
1: two of my leagues and I haven't yet to play him and I'm still holding on by thread. Like I'm actually in the playoff on both of them because I've done decently well, but let me tell you, I have a team. Now this is getting off on a big tangent, but I have a team where I drafted Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin and AJ Brown. And through four weeks, I got to play them all a combined three quarters Woof. Like it, it's been rough. Chris Godwin's out again this week. Michael Thomas might not play. AJ Brown is finally back and doing his thing. But man, bro, it was it was a rough. That it was a rough start to the year with that team. Let me tell you that one. But back to this game. I think Michael Thomas finally makes his debut. I hope he makes his debut. I, I think that's more wishful thinking than really. I was knowledge gonna say, to back that up I was just, so I was just, gonna say. let me let me not just throw that out there because I, there's nothing to back up the fact that i think he plays
0: other than he's been close to playing for four weeks and was, he has yet to step on the field i was gonna say the last two weeks that we broke down <gasps> we broke down the games you've mentioned michael thomas is coming back and i'm like ah dude i thought i saw that he was still yeah but keep going so you think just, he's gonna you think he's gonna come here's back the thing game?
1: i just here's what is mind-boggling to me so he has this ankle injury And he's all set to come back from the ankle injury. Everything's fine. He's going to play, right? And then it comes out, oh, well, he punched a teammate in practice. He's not playing this week. Okay, well, the week after that's a bye. Then he comes back, and he still has the ankle injury on the injury report on top of a hamstring. Yeah, I was going to say the hamstring. I'm like, listen, how how were you close enough to playing four weeks ago, yet your ankle is still messed up? I just – I don't get it. I don't – I'm not really – I'm not following. I feel like I I really, and I don't say this much, but I feel like there's something that we're not being told. I really think that he's in some trouble in that locker room. And they're kind of just, they might just be buying time to try to dump him off. I don't know. They've been playing decently well without him. I really just don't know what's going on.
0: It almost seems like Antonio Brown situation. You know what I mean? Like once Antonio Brown got paid, you know, Michael Thomas got paid in this off season. And rightfully so after last season, but yeah, dude, like I don't know if that was just a a mentality thing or what's going on. You're right; like it's very, very disappointing to see. But the game itself, the fact that Chicago was off the Monday night game, I just don't know. Like, how much more can this defense do for that offense? You know what I mean? Like, you and I obviously watched that game on Monday. Uh, It just seems like at some point that defense is like, "Look, like why are we busting our chops just to?" Yeah,
1: there's a okay. And I'm gonna be sensitive to how I say this because I know they're five and two. But it has a real feeling that everything's about to down spiral, I feel like. It just has that feeling that like the defense has playing been playing so hard for seven weeks and last week was the straw that broke the camels back and the fact that listen, we need help or we're not gonna keep busting our ass. And, period. That's,
0: and that's just it, you know. How I many how many times can Chicago put you in or the defense put you in a situation and then, you know, Foles and company get the the ball back and they three and out right away. It's like, bro, like give us a break. Like at least get one first down so we can get a breather. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. When, when Nick Foles, who let's be honest, isn't the greatest quarterback, when he is vehemently motioning and kind of screaming at the sideline to keep the tempo up and Nagy just continually slows it down and they don't score. I think he's even – Losing a little bit of faith. I mean, I know you were listening to the broadcast on – what was that? That was Monday night they played, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, ESPN. I know
1: you were listening to the broadcast when he said that – or when Trico said that he talked to Foles and Foles said, uh, Nagy's calling the plays, but he doesn't really know how much time we have back here. He's not the one taking the hits. Right. Like, I don't know when he said that or where, what context he felt comfortable saying something like that. But if that's actually what he said – that is not a good sign for this team, dude. I am gonna take New Orleans minus the four and a half and hope that Michael Thomas comes back because we've talked about this a few times. Whatever game it may be, whether it's this week, whether it's week 20 or 14, 16, whatever week it is, when Michael Thomas does finally come back, this line is gonna jump. Whatever line it is is gonna jump a point, point and a half. And undeservingly so. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna take the Saints minus four and a half. We could come on here next week and talk about how good this Bears defense is because that's just how special they are. But I'm going to take the Saints in a game where I feel like their offense can score a little bit. Their defense can shut this team down. I, I like the Saints minus four and a half.
0: Yeah. Like I said, that's that's definitely the way I was going with that too. I agree 100%. Uh, next 4 o'clock game, 425 technically. San Francisco going to Seattle. Um this is Dude, this is going to be another one. This is going to be the number two game that I want to watch this week, I feel like. Seattle off that super thriller, awesome Sunday night football game. Sorry about the World Series. Nobody's paying attention to you guys that night. What a night to sign they were up.
1: They're out there spreading COVID anyway, so who cares about them?
0: Man, what a night I mean, to... Did you,
1: did you see that stuff yes, yesterday?
0: About, no, I didn't. I know,
1: you're, I know you're not a big baseball guy, but again, another tangent. I enjoy talking to you. So... There's a player for the Dodgers. We don't even need to get in a name because I know it doesn't matter for you, but there's a player for the Dodgers in the eighth inning. They pull him out the game because he tested twice for COVID that day, right?
0: In the middle of the game. So they put him in quarantine.
1: In, In the middle of the game, they pull him in game six for the Dodgers. The Dodgers end up winning the World Series. They pull him in the eighth inning. After the game's over, he tells security straight up, I don't care what you guys say. I'm going out there to celebrate with my team. They tell him, no. He says, I don't care. He's out there with no mask on. Kissing his wife, his kids are out there. Kids are all over the field. No mask on. He just tested positive for coronavirus. How nuts is that? I mean, he went out with a bang. He said, uh,
0: "Yeah, no, you're not allowed." Season's about that. over, anyways. I guess so. So that's my fault for even bringing that up. I was more uh, a rating, a more more of a ratings thing. More, right for sure. I, just a, wanted to, I wanted to see if you saw that. No, nah, I was saying more of a ratings thing with Seattle and that Arizona game was awesome. But yeah, so oh, Seattle, so good. Yeah, so Seattle came out the the losing end on that one actually. So Seattle, like I said, fresh off the Sunday night loss to uh, Arizona, hosting San Francisco. Seattle is a minus three favorite at home. But the thing is, though, it moved from minus six and a half. So that's literally half, you know, over half of what the, the line started at at minus three. To me, this was also going to be one of my best bets. I like Seattle in this situation, man. I think that oh, after I love them. Yeah, I was gonna say after what the, what happened with two of them on uh on Sunday night football, the fact that it was an NFC West team they lost against, they can't afford to lose another NFC West team. And frankly, San Francisco, I mean, yeah, they've been looking a little bit better here and there, you know, the last couple of weeks, but San Francisco, I mean, dude, I just don't believe in Jimmy. I'm sorry. And if you, if I had to choose between Jimmy and Russ with the three points, I'm going Russ all day. Now, I understand that their defense is still, you know, dismal at best. You know, they're number 25th in uh, DVOA right now, or, uh, Seattle. But it, I just think, they Yeah, man, defensive efficiency, they're 28. So, they're, yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. Yeah, they're, yeah. Might as well have Doug and I out there playing for their defense. But I just think, dude, with what happened so last might be week, able
1: to play on the D-line the way they've been playing. Seriously, that's right. not
0: even a joke. Regardless, I mean, Russ, Russ is not going to throw three interceptions this game either. Um, that was a prodigy of just – I don't even know what that was, to be honest. I was kind of surprised by it myself, but I don't think he does that again. I think that CL comes out and, and lays the wood to San Francisco. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, obviously, Vegas does too. They have it at 54 at over under. Uh, But, yeah, I'm running with Seattle with minus three all day.
1: Yeah, I like Seattle. Here's the thing. I feel like every sharp I've heard this week loves San Fran plus three. And I kind of want to go contrarian here. And maybe this actually is public, but, you know, the public wins sometimes. Russ coming off a game where he just got embarrassed where he threw two interceptions or was it three? Was it two or three?
0: I thought it was was, three. It was was three. It was three. It was three
1: picks. Two bad, bad picks. Two of them were real bad. One of them was saved by, I mean, DK Metcalf. That's a conversation that, for another day. I mean, that was he, an is awesome he not a freak
0: play. or what, bro? When I see, I watched it live, and then when they showed the highlight, and you've seen how f- much further back he was, like as far as like where Buda Baker got that interception, like, he had, he still had to gain 10 yards. Yeah. yeah, 15.
1: It felt like it felt like 13 to 15 yards. He had to gain on it. It was crazy.
0: Props to him, man. Like that's that's what you want to see. All you young cats that's, out there. We, the we funniest love. moment. Go ahead, my bad. I, would I would say bad we just that. love effort like that. You know the fact yeah, that he seriously. didn't just give up on it. You know he could have walked off to the sideline, but dude, that was awesome to watch, man. Like props to him.
1: The funniest part was when Buddha ba- Baker
0: looked back and realized like, he's about to get crap, murdered, I'm getting hogged. <laughs> like I'm, I'm getting see, hogged. That was see, hilarious. You see a six five DK Medcav like full blown like well, twenty one miles. Like, what What do you get up to twenty three like, miles an hour?
1: yeah like 22.9 almost 23 but uh he looked over his shoulder just as like a courtesy check and then he did a double take to yeah to like when he realized oh my god this dude is this guy's hawking me down but
0: yeah i love seattle i was was gonna say real quick real quick though Buddha baker and everybody else out there do like my man emmett smith used to do back in the day look at the jumbotron in the end zone that you're running running towards that way you can see who's behind you (laughs) that's awesome but yeah go on bud so, I I like Seattle minus three. They I don't know if you saw this. They just traded
1: for Carlos Dunlap from I the Bengals. That. Yep. Not that that's necessarily a big boost or going to nah, help I this hate. defense. This defense is, needs a lot more help than an aging Carlos Dunlap. I would say but, six, um, six years ago, that'd be a sweet pick. Not that I hate on one, Carlos, but... The one play I do love, and I know this is high, I like the over 54. I think Sam Fran and Seattle both are going to score pretty much at will. Sam Fran's side, it comes down to... Kyle Shanahan's a genius. Right. Um, I, I didn't know where I lied as far as like who, what quarterback or what coaches were up and coming. Cause there were so many, but he's clearly separate himself from everyone else. The way his play calling ability is just, it's different. If you watch a 49ers game, it's so fun to watch because every play sets something else up. Like he doesn't just run plays for no reason. Every single play sets something up and it, it's magical to watch. I'm going to go with Seattle minus three. I think Russ finds a way to pull this one out. It's going to take some magic, but I mean, that's all he ever shows us. Right. Um, Seattle minus three. And, but this is a game where I probably, I mean, I'm not put, I'm not going and putting the bank on it. This is just a game that I'm going to probably enjoy sit back and watch, maybe throw a little bit of cash on.
0: It's funny to say that I actually took it myself. Now that it's at minus three, I like that even number before it goes back up to three and a half or four by Sunday, but that's just me. Uh last 4 o'clock game, LA Chargers who uh pulled out that $20 holler with me or for me last week against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars covering that spread yeah, so my- lucky. Yeah, dude, I'm not yeah, I've seen that I start cracking up. I'm like, "Well,
1: <laughs> they bagged or covered that
0: fairly easily." I'm not mad about it though. Uh they they are heading to the Mile High uh City in Denver. LA is a minus 3 favor in denver and they opened at a pick them. so obviously everybody's on the chargers and our boy justin herbert who's just been looking pretty pretty decent the last couple of weeks my man like uh, i know it was against jacksonville but dude he was slinging and banging last week running the ball i mean i just he looked good honestly i mean again it's jacksonville like let's see you do that against you know like a pittsburgh front or a baltimore front you know what i mean but it is what it is i mean he's doing what he's supposed to be doing against crappy teams you know what i mean so uh so Go ahead. Uh, I kind of want to
1: start in this game. I'm not for gonna sure. lie because I just I just realized something. So I'm literally looking at my like the where I, my book where I bet through, and it's not offering the Chargers game. So I just did a quick search. Apparently today, a couple Chargers players tested co- positive for COVID-19. So if you can't bet this, I apologize. Just letting you guys know ahead of time. They were also anybody who's in contact was sent home to work remotely. It's not sure what's going to happen to the game. But I'm just letting you know a lot of books aren't offering this right now. So I just wanted to throw that out there for the listeners. But as far as like breaking down the game itself, Let's see. uh I like I like the Chargers minus the three. I think Denver's packing it in, man. I know they beat New England. What was that? Was that last week? That was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago they when they
0: yeah, death by field goals where they had six field goals for the eighteen points. They're, still they're just they're
1: up. just a bad football team. I think they're slowly realizing that and I think they're done. They're probably done with Locke. He had his best game of the year last week, but when you look at Locke and you look at Herbert, they're just two different they're two different quarterbacks, man. Locke is or Herbert is what Locke was supposed to be, a gunslinger, a guy with a big arm. He just hasn't really came into his own in the NFL. I like the Chargers minus three. They kind of showed me something against Jacksonville last week and covering the spread there. I like the Chargers minus three.
0: Yeah, I mean, you already know him, my boy, Herbert. Best right. best waiver wire pickup in my other fantasy league all year what, for sure.
1: What's crazy is I supported Herbert so heavy through college, and you can attest to this. I loved Herbert
0: in college. I didn't know what he was going to be in the pros, but he's he's been a pleasant surprise, that's for sure. I mean, there's a lot of things, too, you know, especially you just don't know, it's, you know, when you get to the NFL and you get to the NFL coaches, you know, getting a hold of you and, and being able to work with you, you know, like I feel like sometimes a lot, you know, a lot of these people, it doesn't matter what your position is, like just getting some NFL experience as far as coach wise, you, you know, you can really blossom somebody, I feel like. And, and he's definitely been that guy like you're right when when he was at Oregon. He was fun to watch, but he definitely had some uh, uh, lackluster games, like against Arizona State or or whatever. But yeah, he's been balling. I mean, it doesn't hurt when you have his, uh, you know, his wide receiver core. You know, uh, the running backs have been doing swell. I know Austin Eckler hasn't been in, but you know, between um, Justin Jackson and uh, the cat from uh, UCLA, they drafted in the uh, this year, they've been looking decent. I mean, he's got a lot of supporting or uh, support around him. You know, Hunter Henry at tight end. He's doing what he should right. be doing with, with the weapons he has. And it's awesome to watch you. Like, he is fun to watch. I mean, especially him scrambling around. He ran in that touchdown, you know, off, you know, 12 yards out the other day against Jacksonville. Like, i am excited to watch this cat. You know what I mean? Like, right, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. percent i take a uh, Chargers minus three in this one. Denver just seems like they just have so many injuries. You know what I mean? It just, it's to the point the same. It's almost like, the, like we talked about the Falcons. It's almost like Denver, like you said, it's like, Basically, just toss some talent and be like, "All right, let's just go back to the drawing board again," you know, type thing. Right, so for sure,
1: they're just so unhealthy. Like their offense, they're playing with a bunch of people that they don't normally play with. Like they're a lot, they're really young. They're still developing. I think they just kind of packed it in at this league. Don't get me wrong; I think they play hard the rest of the year. I just don't. I think they realize they're not right. in a position to win. Not where they thought they were going to be when they started the year
0: especially yeah especially when you you know you're looking at kansas city in the same division as you too you know at some exactly. point like this far in you kind of look at your record and you're like all right we'll just you know you just basically just suck it up and realize what it is you know what i mean um for sure so moving on, there's no Sunday night football game. Crazy. Ha, ha, ha. We can just move on <laughs> to Monday night. Uh, Sunday night football. And I, dude, if they don't flex out of it. When do they start flexing schedules? I know they did last week. Just no, because, they did it
1: last week. So well, yeah, they they got, did,
0: well, they did last week because of the COVID testing with Tampa and, uh, and the uh, Raiders. So uh, I know they usually wait. I want to say it's like week 10 they start. They need to start this week because I don't even want to watch this Sunday night game. I mean, obviously right. I will, but unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys are going to Philadelphia on Sunday night football. Dallas now is a nine and a half point dog. I mean, I dude, I don't even know just where to start. Ben DiNucci coming in at starting quarterback. Our boy from James Madison University in the heart of Virginia. Double A team or, you know, Division 1A double or Division 1 double A. I mean, he was a slinger at James Madison, bro. You know, he he left pit because he was, lost a job to Nate Peterman, the same guy who threw five interceptions in one half in an NFL game. But, hey, you know who else was uh from a double A team, my friend? One Tony Romo. Dun, dun, dun. I'm just kind of letting
1: you do your thing right now, bro. Did you know? Just bring up... <laughs> All the good points you can think of so so that I can come in here and really just.
0: I heard he uh, helps his uh, elderly neighbor, you know, with the trash cans, bring him up during, you know, the week (laughs) and stuff like that. Uh, He was a great Boy Scout, dude. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing. James Madison alum, Ben DiNucci, our seventh round pick this year, is going to be at the helm against Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, with no offensive line to protect him. I mean, dude, what else do I need to say, man? Jeez. Just what? be lucky that this Real? Eagles team is terrible at the end dude, of the day as well. Terrible? <laughs> terrible? We got people calling out our coach in the locker room. Mike Nolan's already on the hot seat. As no, I'm defensive not saying Dallas isn't,
1: isn't terrible as well. I'm just saying at least they're not – at least Danucci's not coming out there and you guys aren't getting 21 points given to you on the spread against the Chiefs. You know what I mean?
0: yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, thanks for putting a positive spin on it as much as you could, I, I suppose. I appreciate it. I do. Um, dude, I got nothing, man. I don't even – I'm going to watch, obviously, because I'm a Cowboys fan, but Jimmy, Jimmy Jillikers, dude, like what 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 can I even say, man? So
1: real quick, I just want to give this out. My tease of the week, right? Okay. So this, this game is involved in my tease of the week. My tease of the week is the Titans down to a half a point. Yep. And the Cowboys up to –
0: 15 15 and a half
1: what yeah 15 and a half my bad with the with the spread this low or with the over under this low 15 and a half should almost be impossible to cover
0: it's funny you say that because i thought the same thing last week when they played the cardinals and i i took them up to eight and a half and i was thinking the same thing because that's that over under was only at like i want to say like 48 or something like that yeah I was thinking I the that same, we're talking double, not, not last week. I'm talking about Monday night football two weeks ago, right. you know, not last week when, we, when, when we lost 25 to three to the Washington football team. Although I, I did tell you what, bet. I did tell you what was, uh, what was going to happen with that uh, front seven with Washington against our line. Right. for sure. Poor, poor Andy Dalton. No one wants to even help him off the damn field. What a, what a joke, man. I'm, I'm trying so hard not to go on a rant right now. So we're just going to keep it moving. So you're going to tease Dallas up to 19 and a, or excuse me, uh, 15 and a half. I have zero hope in Dallas. Seems like that seems to be the end-all be-all of that one, right?
1: And Yeah, and tease the Titans down to a half. Point. Okay. so yeah, that's, well, that's my teaser of the week. As far as the side on this game, I'm not touching this, dude. Maybe I'll no. find something later in the week and put it on Twitter. There's no way I'm touching this right now. I think that this is an overreaction, and here's why I say this. If the Eagles were playing the Jets, would they be favored by nine?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Uh, well, if the Eagles were, or if the Jets were starting Ben DiNucci, seventh round draft pick out of James Madison, rookie, I bet they probably would, to be honest. I hate to
1: break it to you. They just started Joe Flacco a couple weeks ago with his best receiver, Braxton Berrios. Like, yeah, this I is mean, a typical hey, overreaction. Joe, this
0: game. Was, but here's the thing, though jo- Joe Flacco at least won a damn Super Bowl. I'm not saying he deserved it. That was more Ed Rita and Ray Lewis. Don't get me wrong. I understand. Yeah, what I'm but, saying.
1: but here's the thing Vegas showed their cards. When it comes to this game, Vegas showed their cards. It opened up at three points. It got bet all the way to nine and a half. Vegas thinks this is closer to three than they do. nine think, and a half.
0: I think that's a prodigy of, cause I seen the same exact thing. And I talked to uh, our buddy, uh, Mr. Vogel again about this. I think it's more of a project or a product of, they didn't know if uh, Dalton was going to be clear uh, from concussion protocol. So that's why I opened at three. But the fact that, Dalton was you know rolled out or whatever That's why I jumped up Like I did I don't think Right
1: I guess that is true But I just feel like I feel like there was Never a doubt in my mind That
0: Dalton wasn't Going to play I mean did you see The hit he took last week Oh dude yeah It was It was brutal For yeah, sure it was, Yeah it was I won't See I won't say dirty Dirty is like when Albert Haynes were Stomps on an offensive line No it was It was dirty It, it was, was dirty late, but, but
1: it wasn't It wasn't the end of the world I mean when you're moving That fast Right And, and quarterbacks I've always thought that The quarterbacks Are able to stay, Dodge out whenever they want. As soon as they start making their move to slide, you have to stop. It's hard. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Well, yeah.
1: But it, it was a dirty play. It was. It was late. It sucks. He should hey, they, have been ejected. Everything sure. that happened should have happened, and I'll, we can move on. I wouldn't label him as a dirty player.
0: Right. That's Okay, I guess that, you're right. It was a dirty play, but I guess that's where I was going to – I wouldn't say dirty player. So Speaking right. of uh, major spreads of uh, the week, our Monday night football game is – the, the badass-looking Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to New York to play your Giants. Tampa is a 10 and point favor on the road. I mean, I, I ran it about Dallas. You, by all means, you can have uh, the reins on this one, bud. So we've seen the Giants against some big spreads this
1: year. They're 3-and-3 three three against the spread as a team this year, they're not a good football team. Do not get me wrong when I say this. They are 1-6. They are not a good football team. But we saw them giving up 13.5 to the Rams. We saw them giving up 7.5 to the Cowboys. Or, I mean, yeah, Yeah. 7.5 to the Cowboys. They covered that one. Like, Yeah, well, you killed our quarterback, so... I get it. So like I said, actually they're four and three against the spread as I'm looking at this. Yeah, I was gonna say I they're, thought Yeah. They're four and three against the spread. I think I'm not saying that they're a good team or anything. I think they do keep it somewhat close against the Buccaneers and probably backdoor cover this. I mean, ten and a half is a big, big number. And even if I go over to like uh if we go over to like where I book at, it's 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 gotten up to eleven. So that means like in most places is at ten and a half, but it's leaning towards eleven. If it's gonna move, it's gonna move to eleven, not to ten. Right. That's what I get from that, and eleven is just a lot to give to a team who has been gritty on defense, terrible on offense. But that's what the Giants have been; they've just been really, really, really gritty on defense.
0: I will say this for your for your boys in blue. I, I feel like when I watch them, they play they, hard. Yeah, and that's just it. Like they they're not they believe in Joe Judge. I guess I won't say believe in him, but it, you know they're playing for him. You know what I mean? Like he's a first right. year head coach. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like I don't see I will them say this go on they're bringing
1: a knife to a gunfight oh for a knife but trying their hardest
0: what? one of those plastic ones with you get it like the toy store knife if that's what you mean
1: yeah they are they brought those to a gunfight but they have a leader who has convinced them that they have a chance to win i think
0: yeah i mean like i said like i agree with you they look good as far they he, at least they don't look good but they at least play what i was gonna right. say to your point about the backdoor cover yeah Let's be honest. Like Tampa can like coast through this game and still come out a winner. They don't need to beat them by 11 points. The thing is, though, is they play the Saints next week on Thursday That's night. That's exactly
1: what I was going to say. Thursday night, easy look ahead
0: spot. Oh, a hundred percent. They play the Saints on Thursday night football next week. They will coast right through this one. And I just, you know, they're not going to pull all the all the card, you know, the tricks out of the, out of the bag or anything like that on this one. I think they just coast through that backdoor cover is a very feasible idea. I like that a lot, actually.
1: Uh, the one thing I will say about the Giants, and this is again getting off on a little bit of a tangent, they buy into Joe Judge right now, and they're one and six. I just, if they only win two, three games this year, can you really keep believing in this guy as a player? Do you eventually do you say, you know what? Like, I mean, why are we trying our hardest when clearly, (laughs) first off, our fearless leader (laughs) isn't. Lean us to anything.
0: It's the same argument you had about John Gruden and, and Derek Carr. Like Joe Judge is working with Daniel Jones, which, you know, dude, he he shows his he shows like he's got talent and potential here and there. But A, that wasn't Joe Judge's draft pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. B, you lost Saquon Barkley for the season. You know, what, week one? Sorry, Kevin. Kevin drafted him. Sorry, bud. Uh See, I mean, you guys just ah, your offensive you want, line
1: is terrible, bro. You want to know what was Joe Judge's draft pick? Andrew Thomas, oh, the left yeah. tackle, giving up the most pressures in the league. And yeah, I was, he, I actually liked Andrew Thomas coming out. But what I'm saying is, you have a first, you have a first round pick at left tackle. Yep. You had a first round pick at running back. You have a top five pick at quarterback. You have a early second round pick at receiver. You have a first round pick on the D line. Two first round picks on the D line, like. We have, we have pe- pieces, like first round pieces everywhere, and we're just a bad team. We're not a good team. This team needs a complete rebuild. They're fought, They're a long ways away from winning. I don't think Joe Judge makes it to the point where they start winning football games. Okay. Fair
0: That's enough. what I will say. Well, you watch them a lot more than I do, obviously. So, I mean, right, I'm for not going to disagree. I mean, in this situation, I mean, yeah, I like the backdoor recovery, like you mentioned, especially because Tampa has to play. Well, they're playing, dude, they're playing on Monday night, and then they got to play three days later against the Saints. So who made that schedule? Like, that seems egregious no, to me. They're,
1: they're going to have to change that. Wow. They're going to have to. Yeah. yeah well, there's no way they're doing that. Yeah,
0: but that's already slated. That's not even like a COVID change around or anything. Like, what? Yeah, but
1: and, if you remember, like, Tampa got their schedule messed up, didn't they? They had to uh, move it a little bit?
0: No, the only thing they moved was last week. They they went from the eight o'clock game to the four o'clock game. They were supposed to be the yeah. Sunday night game, and then they moved you're to the right, four o'clock game. Right. Yeah, I'm, was, not, I'm
1: not sure. Something's going to have to change. There, yeah, so that, I'm that seems I not to figure it out. It seems
0: crazy, but it, regardless, um, so we kind of lightweight. We're not suggesting you bet your mortgage payment on it by any means, but lightweight like the Giants to backdoor cover just because Tampa's got bigger fish to fry coming up. So that's just a theory. Um, so, my friend, you already you announced your, two lo- your, your lock of the week and your two teasers. My lock was Tennessee minus five and a half. My teaser is I'm teasing that same game with Tennessee down to plus .5, so basically they got to win. And I'm also going to take uh, Seattle with that teaser and make them plus three. Uh, we haven't figured out our uh, twenty dollar holler bet, my friend. No,
1: we haven't. I mean,
0: I don't think we have to do one
1: every week. But if we did do one this week, I would not be mad about going to the Green Bay Minnesota game.
0: Yeah, but we like we both like Minnesota. Oh yeah, you're right. You did like
1: Minnesota. I forgot. Well, what game do we really disagree on? I feel like this week was a pretty chalky week as far as
0: like what we agreed and disagreed on. We uh, had one game. What was it? Baltimore Pittsburgh. No. Uh, that was that was one of I think <coughs> you like Baltimore. I like Pittsburgh. Um,
1: oh, we had Miami in the Rams. Was, my best yeah, bet. Yeah, I know. Let's run know, with
0: dude. it? Uh, you know what? Just for kicks and giggles, yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take Miami plus three and a half. I'm right, not.
1: Sounds good. This isn't this I is the, isn't Rams, the hill
0: Yeah, this isn't the hill I'm dying on, folks. This is just me, you know, keeping it interesting. I think you got me by what is it? No, we're we're dead it, even, man. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought it was two and two right now because we started. Like, yeah,
1: it's two it's two. two. It is. We started a couple weeks in.
0: All right, I'll take it. Not super, Mikey. Hearing me out there, Mikey P. This is for you, bud. Rolling with the fishies. Finally, cu- know what
1: it feels like to be Mikey P. On a Sunday.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, by two o'clock I'll be cussing at the at the TV just like him. But for sure, such is life. All right, my man. Uh, you got anything else to add? Uh, are we good to go. Everybody, I think we're good to go, man. Another good week in the books, dude. Tell them where. Uh, tell the folks where we can find them on. uh Find us on Twitter. Yeah, go to fan pav. P O
1: D fan POV pod on Twitter at fan POV pod. Come interact with us there. We post all the episodes there. A couple polls polls. We just
0: come interact with us, man. Yep. And uh, Doug always puts up uh, the same picks that we just talked about on the episode. You know, you'll have our locks, you'll have our teasers, check it out, win some money. If that's what your thing. Otherwise, uh, again, we always appreciate you guys listening. You know, you can find us on Apple iTunes, uh, spotify all the uh, major podcasts you know outlets or whatever uh but again seriously thank you so much for tuning in we love you guys and uh we're out let's go home oh.